happy tonight? Well, the Moors will be back Sunday, I'm sure. Until then, you'll love me. I'm counting on that. eh? I'm going to keep speaking it, and you'll just love me. And the Lord will help us. Amen. He'll grace us to do everything we got to do. This, this, this stuff, there's big things happening. Amen. The gospel is going to go out. People are going to get saved. People are going to get free. Amen. We're not, you know, it's, you know, so many people out there, we were, I was talking to Kim about this the other day, but so many people out there, they're not even trying to get any more word. They got saved and they're happy with that. That ain't enough for us, is it? You know why? Because the goodness of God leads men to repentance. And if you're only happy with that, you're never going to see good things happening in your life and other people aren't going to see those good things either. Right? And I want people to see the goodness of God in my life. I don't just want to have nice stuff. I want people to know that God did it. Amen? I don't want to just have joy in the midst of everybody else not having joy. I want them to know that God gave me joy. Amen? So we're going we're gonna to have it. And we're going to keep looking at His Word, and we're going to keep growing, and right? And you guys can laugh at me when I say the wrong words the wrong way, because there's new English. We're going to write a Dave's Dictionary one of these days. Tonight, we're going to talk about belief. Believes and the believes nots. Huh? Have you ever heard anybody say that? They say, well, it's just a story of the haves and the have-nots. And they're obviously the have-nots because the haves never say that, right? It's always the have-nots. Well, you know, the have, you know, the poor just get poor. You know, you don't ever hear the rich people saying that because they're not believing that. Poor people are believing that. That's junk. Amen? You guys know that's junk, right? But there's the believes and the believes-nots. And the believes-not, they limit God all the time. The believes They let God have free reign in their life and do the things that He would want to do. Amen? And we don't want to limit God one bit, and unbelief limits God. So we're not going to do that. Let's start in Mark 11, 23. Anybody know that verse? Well, we'll know it some more. You reckon we've exhausted it yet? I hope not, because I think I use it every Wednesday night in prayer. And every Wednesday night, it seems like something new comes out of Mark 11, 23, 24, right in there. Amen? Thank you, Lord. In the King James Version, Mark 11, 23 says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Let me believe that's true. What's the limitations in that verse? Hmm? Well, there's one limitation. Doubt. Amen? Because that's the first thing he says. He says, and shall not doubt in his heart. I'm not talking about doubt in your head either. I'm talking about doubt in your heart. There's a big difference between doubt in your head, doubt in your heart. Your head doubts everything. It, <laughs> right? It, it doubts everything. Why? Because it can't have faith. Right? How many know there's nothing between belief and unbelief? Right? There's, there's no word that's called half-belief. Anybody ever thought they had half-belief though? See that? See, I used to think, well, now I was believing at least most part. Well, 
I'm sorry. You just mixed unbelief into your belief and made it unbelief. You can't make it half belief. Right? right? So we, we want to believe. We don't want to half believe. We want to believe. People who half believe are like I was. They waver. They're over here one day and they're over here the next day and they're over there the next day. You know what? I was everywhere. Anybody ever been there? Man, I, one day, man, I'd hear a good sermon. It's, oh, I got this, man. We're, we're going to have more than enough. Prosperity's coming. We, this is going to make it. That's going to come through. Health's mine. And then, then I'd walk in the door and three bills would be laying on the table and say, Lord, I was believing. I'm surprised He didn't slap me in the back of the head and say, no, you weren't. How many, how many people have ever done that, though? Have you all ever done it and said, Lord, I'm believing. Yeah. Well, then somebody's messing up and I still don't think it's God. Do you guys? <laughs> I reckon it was Dave. And so I quit saying that. If it don't go right, I don't even say I thought I was believing. You know, I'm, I'm going to be more like that guy that said, well, he, my son, he throws him into the fire and he throws, he throws a fit and, and I don't know what to do. And Jesus said, all things are possible to him that can believe. And the guy said, I believe. Oh, help my unbelief. <laughs> he should have just left out the I believe and said, help my unbelief. Right? Because unbelief will limit God. What did Jesus say later to the disciples? He said, they said, well, why couldn't we cast that? He said, because of your unbelief. What, what was he literally saying? He said, you limited God because of your unbelief. You took, you took his power and put a governor, a, a governor on it. Is that right? Power of God's wide open all the time. We, only we govern it. We put the limits on him. That's right. Amen? He runs wide open all the time. But the word says, they shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. What shall he believe? In his heart. You don't doubt in your heart, but then you got to believe in your heart. Amen? You know, a lot of people say, well, I believe. Believe in your heart. Your heart knows. Amen? Your head will take you a thousand different places. Your head will lie to you. Your head will go with experience rather than truth. Your head will do a thousand different things, but it has not the ability to believe God. It has not the ability to believe anything. Amen? It is totally led by your five senses. And we, don't, we want to talk about the heart because the heart is where you will unlimit or limit God. Amen? The heart is what we're looking for. You've got a lot of people that limit God and they, with, by, the, by other ways, but it's because that's what's in their heart. They say, well, you know, God's sovereign and whatever's going to happen is going to happen, brother. You just, can't, you just can't speak things into existence. Well, then God shouldn't have told us we could. Right? Or, you know, and people are believing that every day. They say, well, you know, that's just, you know, that's what happened. That must have been God's will. Well, that's not true. Or that you'd have, or people going to hell would be God's will. Right? We can't just accept things that some, some religion or a religious person has decided is true. The Word of God says, if we don't doubt in our heart, but we believe those things that we say, that we'll have those things. Amen? And we want to have those things. We don't want to just believe uh, tradition. Amen? Tradition is the hardest thing on God that, that the church will ever know. Because tradition, it's not just in the, in the denominations, as you would say. It's everywhere. You know, we talked about it last time I talked. Uh, one of the traditions in 
churches that believe in faith, well, they'll say, well, you know, I must not be doing enough. I, I need to get more word. And you know what? You need to believe in God's mercy. You know, there's nowhere in the Word that says you're not receiving because you don't have enough Word in you. No. There's at some point you got to say, you know, I don't know what I know, but what I do know is that God loves me and that God is merciful and that I can have anything He has just because of that. Right? Now, I'm not talking about somebody that's just willingly sinning and going about... That's not. I'm, I'm talking about somebody that's living a life for God and just don't know everything yet. Would be me. And you, right? Or does one of you guys know everything yet? Because we might trade. Glory to God. I'm pretty much count every time I come up here that there's going to be grace or you guys are going to be real bored. Amen? We don't want to limit God with unbelief. We do not want to, we do not want to hold back the goodness of God. Because it's not bad things that are going to happen to you when God's involved. And, and, and somehow or another our mind tricks us into believing that we should be okay with what we had. We shouldn't need more. Amen? You guys believe that? Let's look at some other verses. Psalm 78. You guys okay? You cold? Are you hot? I couldn't hear any of that, so. If you're cold, turn it up. But if you're hot, don't turn it down because I'm not hot. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 78 and verse 40 and 41 talking about the children of Israel, it says how often they did provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You know, there are a lot of people that don't even believe that verse. They don't because they believe God does what God wants to do. So there's absolutely no way you could limit him. Well, obviously they did. And what did they actually limit? They actually limited him from blessing them. There's one translation that that's exact. In fact, is it's the Living Bible that says they limited him from blessing them. They kept back the blessing. Why? Because the, all they could remember is how good they had it in Egypt. <laughs> Didn't they have it good there? Man, they had it so good there that they needed to get back to it. But see, that's a lot of times that what people want to believe. They want, they choose not to believe. What truly limited them was their unbelief. Their unbelief in God's goodness. Was He good enough to take them out of this place into a good place and fix everything that was broken and give them a land that He said He would give them? It, was He good enough to actually do what He said He would do? Right? And that, that's, that was their struggle. You know, and they, and they were no different than us. I mean, you know, people people look at them and they say, oh, I just don't see how they could have done all the stuff they did the same way we do. Right? you got people who refuse to believe God's Word. I remember we used to teach Bible study. Me and Rick over there, man, we used to teach five nights a week. And people came and were like, man, that's so weird. 
You know, why would they keep coming to Bible studies? And many of them are here right now. But, you know, we had people at times, they would come to us and we'd be teaching on how if you just, you know, just believe in the goodness of God, you can have, you know, you, you can pray for your parents or pray for your kids and they'll be healed. We had one lady and her mom had passed away and it was kind of sad, but she said, she said, I would rather believe that God did it than to believe I could have done something about it and He didn't or that I could have done something about it. And I'm like, wow. Remember that? I thought, man, that is serious unbelief. When you would rather believe something you know is not true just to make you feel better. Right? Because you know what? I'm not the Savior anyway. If somebody don't get healed, it ain't because I'm, I'm not the Savior. God is the healer. God is a good God. But these are the kind of things... I remember one guy, one time I was talking to him about the goodness of God, and he said, I don't care if you show me a thousand verses that prove what you just said, I don't believe it. I thought, well, I'm done. And I walked away. I mean, what are you going to say to somebody like that? That's serious unbelief. That They have limited... God is now finished with everything He can do in their life. Amen? You know, and many other people will say things like, God can't fix this. This is beyond it. And you got people that will use the Word of God to confuse themselves. Yeah. They'll find whole new doctrines. We can do this because the Word says this. Well, no. You can't. Right? You have to reconcile the whole Word. And you have to make it all work for your situation. You can't just throw one verse and completely eliminate another verse, right? You ever see people do that? Yeah, I've done it. So <laughs> I remember when I was believing for prosperity, I looked up all the verses about prosperity, about me having, but I didn't really look up a bunch about how my heart needed to be right. You know, it was all about me being rich, right? Then I could have boats and go out on Sunday and... Hey, I can be real, guys. <laughs> you still got to love me. That's who I was. That's not who I am. Amen? Now I'm all about what He wants. Amen? And I'm growing all the time, and I'm counting on not limiting Him. But the reason I don't want to limit Him is because He has a big plan. And God's plan is bigger than I can see. I don't want to look back at my small little plan because it's easy to quit. The world and the church is full of people who quit. Amen? God said, go do this. And they said, well, yeah, I would, but, you know, I have to leave my family. <laughs> God said, go do this. And, well, I would, but, you know, I, I, can't, I just can't just leave my job. Well, He didn't ask you to leave your job. He said, go do this. You know, we're the ones that add those things to it, not Him. If He says, go do it, He'll make you a way to go do it. Be guaranteed. He made me a way to be here. Because I didn't have... I remember when they asked me, I said, you need to come on full-time. I said, yeah, right, full-time. Yeah, sure. Why? Because I had a plan. So what I had to do is I have to decide whether I want God's plan or where I want my plan. Right? Isn't that the same thing that the children of Israel had to, had to decide? Right? Think, think about this. They, what were they? We went to the Red Sea. God opens up the whole Red Sea, dry ground. They walk through. They get all the way through, look back, and He eliminates every enemy they ever had and all their debt besides. 
right? And they say, praise God. And they have a big party the whole next chapter, praising God. You know, oh man, God is so good. We don't have no debts anymore. Nobody chasing us out of Egypt. Oh, glory, glory, glory. And they're singing. Man, they're happy. Man. And then all of a sudden, their belly rumbles. Wait. They just closed up the gate and we can't get back to Egypt. You brought us out here to die, Moses. He just split the Red Sea. Can he fix you a sandwich? <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, what happened to all that praising? It went away. And the, you know what? It's like when you guys were kids, you ever get hungry and say, Mom, I'm starving. And she said, You're not starving. Yeah, I'm starving. They weren't even starving yet. They get they quit before they ever got started. Right? How easy was that? Gosh, you know, you look at them and they're like, later on they're sitting around, oh, if we only had leeks and onions and cucumbers like we did back in Egypt. Fish and leeks. Oh, remember those days. Whoo, the good old days. Leeks and onions and cucumbers. Gee, I would have been so skinny. You could have fit me through a keyhole. Good Lord. I'd have died before the Red Sea. Leeks and onions and cucumbers? And you're missing that? What in the... Man. But that shows you how quick your mind is to unbelief. That's unbelief. Why? They can't see the greater vision. God promised them a place where you couldn't carry grapes by yourself. He promised them a land that had so much that they could never use it all. But they traded it for leeks and onions and cucumbers and fish. That's just gross. But what they really did was quit. Quitting is, un, is what unbelief does. It's, it's, it's the next step to unbelief. It's, it's what you're going to do when you choose to believe a lie over the Word of God. Amen? And you'll not receive His best. Right? Did these people? No. Let's look at uh, Hebrews. Hebrews. Glory to God. As you're going to Hebrews, I'm going to read what God said about them in Psalm 78.8. You go to Hebrews 3. God said that they might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast. One of the keys to staying in faith, to staying in belief, amen, is a right heart and a steadfast spirit. You gotta have those two things. That's what we were talking about in Mark eleven twenty three. What did he say? Do not doubt in your heart. What's he saying? Have a right heart, but believe in your heart. Have a steadfast spirit. Amen? Amen. Don't doubt. Have a right heart. Believe in your heart. Have a steadfast spirit. Belief in your heart is strong. Right? You got a lot people that are believing in their head are quitting tomorrow. Okay? If you're, if you're out here tonight and you're believing in your head, you're quitting. 
Right? Get it in your heart. That's why you want you to have the Word. Because the Word will get in your heart. And it will cause you to have a steadfast spirit. It will cause you to have faith that will not be moved. Amen? Amen. And then the things you say will come to pass. Right? Because people say, well, I've said things and they didn't come to pass. Exactly. So what's the problem? Is it God or you? Settle that in your heart. It's not God. God ain't keeping... He's not going to make His Word not true. That sentence makes sense? <laughs> well, I just don't want Dave to have that, so Mark eleven twenty three, don't work today. No, that's not what God does. No, He's not pulling a rabbit out of His hat. He has spoken and it's forever. If I say to the mountain, be ye removed and cast into the sea, and it doesn't, then I don't look back at God and say, God, what, why didn't you do it? I look at Dave and I say, okay, where's your faith? Right. You know, what were you believing? What, you, you might have thought you were believing something, but you weren't. If it didn't get fixed, if something didn't start happening, you weren't in faith. I'm talking about me, not you. You guys are all in faith. But you, remember, remember what we talked about last time, you can learn from me. Right? I have missed it a time or two. Glory to God. But he, the, these people, um, even in verse... Uh, did I say go to Hebrews 3? Hebrews 3 in verse 10 in the NIV. So I can read it. It says, That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, Their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. One of the things that a sign of unbelief and that will cause unbelief, is not truly knowing the ways of God. I'm not talking about knowing that He split the Red Sea. That's a deed. I'm talking about knowing why He split the Red Sea. Right? Because what you need to know is that He loves you. That He's not trying to see you fail. This is not a test. Amen? A lot of people say, well, He's just testing me to see if I'll stay in faith. No, He's making sure you are in faith. The Word will try you. Amen? The Word will try... You know what? When you speak, the Word automatically already is trying you. If it's faith, it's got to happen. Right? Right? Isn't that what it says in Hebrews 4? That the Word looks at the motives of the heart. It judges immediately what you're doing. And it will. It will judge immediately what you're doing. And if you're in faith, it's getting ready to happen. Right? The minute you spoke it, it's going to happen. It has to. Amen? But a lot of that relies... What, what could the children of Israel have been thinking? It couldn't have been about how much God loved them when they were asking for leeks and onions. Right? They couldn't have been, they couldn't have been thinking about, He loved me so much. Man, look, at, look what He just did. Not only did He split the Red Sea, but He didn't want my feet to get muddy, so He went ahead and dried it out down there. Right? And then when He got me across, He cared so much about me that He eliminated any debt or enemies that I might have. Glory to God. Man, what a loving God. What a kind and compassionate God. He just loves me. He's just trying to show His love for me. Right? And knowing His ways, Moses knew why God did it. Isn't that what it says in, in Psalm 103? It says, Moses knew His ways, the children of Israel knew His deeds. They knew what he did, but they didn't know why he did it. Right? The, Moses knew why he did it. That's why through Moses, 
they could follow and get good things. Right? But the minute they quit following Moses, they're believing for leeks and onions. That's messed up. Right? Right? But we don't have to settle. How many times are we believing for something? And, and you know, you're believing for $10,000 and a thousand comes. You say, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm going to get. And you, and you call and try to settle for that. Right? Or you're believing for healing and, and it doesn't happen. You say, well, I did all I know. Maybe God's trying to teach me something. No. No. That's, that's not our God. And you've discounted the love of God. Amen? We don't want to discount the love of God. We do not want to receive one thing less. He's wide open. He's looking for us to have everything that His goodness can have. Everything that His goodness will give to you. He's wide open all the time. He's not teaching you something through bad experience. Right? He's looking to get something to us. Now don't get me wrong. Everybody in here, including me, has not gotten everything you prayed for, have you? Huh? So it's time for us to grow some more. You gotten something you prayed for? Don't be satisfied. Get more. Right? I want I want to have everything that I pray for. So I got I got to get more more of believes and less of believes nots. Right? That's what I'm going for. Amen. He says he was angry with that generation because the hearts were always going astray. In other words, one day they're singing and dancing, praising God. The next day, well, where's my sandwich? One day they're walking through the, the Red Sea. The next day, I don't know where we're going to eat. Why would you bring us out here to die? Couldn't you just left us in Egypt? We were happy there. We really, Why, sure, you were happy you are a quitter. Right? Quitting takes zero effort. Right? Losing takes zero effort. Everyone can be a loser. <laughs> right? Right? You don't have to do anything to be a loser. It's easy. All you got to do is sit and whine and moan and, and say everybody's got it in for you and it's the government's fault and you didn't get raised right and your parents didn't do this and this didn't happen for me and I just don't have the same, I just don't have the same opportunity as everybody else and blah, blah, blah. Right? There's two billion excuses for losing. And actually, there's more than that. That's just all I said. That's a number that came off the top of my head. Everybody can lose. Good news is everybody can win. But it's going to take effort. You're going to have to put your flesh under every day to win. Every day. There's not going to be a day where you wake up and your flesh says, uh, you know, I'm going to leave you alone today. I really feel like, you know, you, you've been good. And, no, but why? Because your flesh is not satisfied. It, if it can't see it, it it's like, well, that's what happened to the children of Israel. They couldn't see the food, so I guess we're going to die. Your flesh has to see it. Your flesh has to know it. It wants something that's that's in front of its eyes, and it'll it'll accept the least when God has the most. Amen. We want the most. Hebrews 3, verse 12, it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you, any of you, lest there be in any of you, I'm, I'm in the King James now, I switched on you guys, sorry. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you 
lest there be, I'm going to read this right, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. First of all, that sounds yucky. Right? Anybody in here want an evil heart of unbelief? No, it doesn't even sound good. But the other part should be more scary. In departing from the living God. Unbelief separates us from God. Right? It, it, that, that's why it takes away His ability. Why do you think He sent Jesus? Because His ability to love us had been taken away. His ability to do good things for us had been taken away. It had been limited to the law. It had been limited by the things that we could do to get it. But He said, I want the limits off. I want to take those limits off. And in doing so, He sent His Son Jesus. And He unseparated us. Is that a word? It is today. He unseparated us from Himself so that He could show the kindness and the goodness that He wanted to show us all along. He loves us. He's looking for ways to us, not away from us. And unbelief takes us away from Him. And He hates that. And we should hate it as much as He does because unbelief departs from the living God. Jesus brings us to Him. Amen? It's always looking to fix something. It's always looking to bring it back together. Jesus... Oh, I'm going to get happy in a second. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad you know Jesus? So He says, "...but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin." Amen? That, that's what, that's what hardened Pharaoh. Deceitfulness of sin is what hardens people. Right? When you're deceived by, by a lie, then you become hard. Amen? Religion is a deception. Right? Traditional thinking will deceive you. It will cause you to be hardened. Why? You'll be hardened from the truth of the Word. How, how do you think these people came about saying, hey, I don't care if you gave me a thousand verses, I wouldn't believe what you just said. That's hard. That is hard. They were deceived at some point and they became very hard. And, and now how's God going to get to them? Why? Because they're, they've departed from Him. I'm not saying they're going to hell. They've departed from anything else He can do for them. Amen? It's like, it's like the prodigal son. What happened to him? He took everything he had and he left. He, he took himself out from under Dad. Dad could no longer do anything for, for him until he came back and joined himself to Dad. Amen? And that's what we've got to do. We've got to stay joined to the Father. The way you stay joined to the Father is a steadfast spirit. Amen? A right heart and a steadfast spirit. We're not going to lose that steadfast spirit. We're going to refuse to lose at all times. Amen? We're, right? If you got a little quit coming up in you, no. Stop right there. Get mad. Right? The devil's... He's getting ready to steal from you right now, okay? When you even feel quit... And it's, it's, a, it's a spirit, people, I'm telling you. It's not just a word. And when you feel it, get rid of it. it it's, it's trying to separate you from God. It's trying to take away your health. It's trying to take away your family. It's trying to take away God's blessing out of your life. Quit is an evil word. Unless it comes right before sinning. Right? Yeah, I had to think about it for a second, too. Sometimes I talk faster than I think. Good thing we're counting on God, huh? Quit. Get it out of you. Amen? 
Most of the time when I go to hospitals or people that are dealing with sickness, especially in their bodies, the first, the, what's, what's trying to happen is quit. You know, the, 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 the sickness is making them tired and they've been standing and it's hard, you know, for people to just go, well, if they'd have just had enough faith. No, you weren't there. Okay? Don't say that because you don't want to be there. Amen? Amen? They got tired and tired and tired and they quit. Right? And so what, what, what's our job? It's, it's right here. Exhort one another daily. Right? Right? Because quitting comes with hardness. Right? Right? We don't want to quit. Do you want to quit? You don't want to quit. And when you feel quit coming, and I I know you guys know what I'm talking about because I can see it in your eyes, you know when quit's trying to get to you. Right? It's trying to get to you. It's saying, you know what? You've done everything you can do. Quit. You know what? There's, There's nothing else. This is a hopeless. Anytime you hear the word hopeless, you know God ain't in it. That's right. If you, if you get, if the word hopeless and quit come up in the same sentence, oh, get mad. Get mad, stomp your feet, get your Bible, stand on it. Right? Any of y'all ever do that? Right? I used to come in the middle of the night and my mom would be standing there in the living room like this. And I'd look down and she'd stand on her Bible. I said, what are you doing, mom? She said, I'm standing on the word. You know what? She didn't quit. She didn't get off of it till she had peace either. And she was praying, probably for me. And probably once I came in, she probably could go to bed. <laughs> if you need to be that literal, be that literal. Get your Bible out. Whatever it takes to get your mind off of quit and get your heart strong again. Right. Get that steadfast spirit. Amen. Don't quit. Quitters. Lose. Right? The Bible says over and over again, we'll receive if we don't faint. Right? That's what... Right? So we don't got any quitters in here, right? If you had the spirit to quit on you tonight, you ain't got it no more. Amen? Get rid of it right now. Everybody say, I'm not a quitter. I'll not give up. My God is faithful. He's never failed. His love is true. His mercies endure. And I'll have His best. I'll walk in the land of the living. And I'll see His goodness here and now. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 14, Hebrews 3 says, For we are made partakers of Christ if, Right? It doesn't say when. It says if. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, here's that word again, steadfast unto the end. Well, yeah, brother, but when's the end? When your confidence is steadfast. Right? You've already won then. People that have steadfast confidence can't be moved. Why? They already have. They're back in Mark 11:24. They have those things that they have asked for. Right? And they say, they say, was it in their house? No, they have it right here. They already know they got it. They know their God is faithful. They know they're not going to quit. They know it's never going to, it's ne- that the devil's never going to get them to quit. They now have it right here. 
And they have it right here so much that they're getting ready to have it right here. Amen? When, when you have steadfast confidence, that is the end. Why? Because you now have it. Right? A lot of people say, well, but I didn't get mine. Well, <laughs> then you quit. If you didn't get it and God said you had it, then you quit. Guess what? He's merciful. Stand back up, step back on the path, and get towards it. Amen? It's still there. Right? The gifts and call of, of, of God are what? Without repentance or irrevocable. If it was there once, it's there again. If it was there once, it's there forever and it's ours forever. Amen? And there's no reason for us not to have it. So if you've quit, there's other good news. You don't have to be a quitter. Right? Pick it right back up and go. Glory to God. We serve a good God. That's what we got to remember. That's what we got to know about Him. That's, that's what the Israelite children kept forgetting. Right? They saw Him open the Red Sea. Man, they were saying great things about Him. Oh man, our God's so good. He's so mighty. Read it. It's right, right the next, it's the whole next chapter. They spend all that chapter, Moses singing a song about Him. Amen? But the minute they have one more problem, they quit. That's, that's because they're Spirit was not steadfast. Their confidence was not steadfast to the end. What they needed to do was remember how good God was and the good things He told them they already had. I've already prepared a land for you. I'm not preparing it for you. I've already prepared it. It's already here. You don't have to wait for it. It's now. Right? They weren't... Right? Yeah. And that's the same thing we got to remember. Everything He's given us is now. And the devil's tried to lie to people through religion and, and taken the Word and used it wrongly. Say, so, you know, some of these things you just won't have until we get to heaven. You know, some people, you know, they'll get healed here and some will get healed in heaven. Ain't nobody getting healed in heaven. They don't need to be healed in heaven. They ain't sick no more. Right? I know it don't sound nice to everybody, but you know what? I'll just use me as an example. My mom died of a disease. She didn't get healed by dying. She went home. And when she got there, she weren't sick no more. Right? Now, I'd like for her to stay around a long time more, but she chose not to. And I'll find out more about it later. I don't need to know more. I know what she taught me is true. God's good. He's got a good plan. Long life are part of His plan. I'm having long life. I'll claim it for all my days. Amen? Thank you, Lord. We're made partakers if we hold, hold to our confidence, hold, if we hold the beginning of our confidence, what you start with. Amen? What, what, they, what they had when they were in the Red Sea. Unfortunately, they didn't hold on to that. Amen? Their confidence dwindled. Glory to God. Matthew 13. Let's go into the New Testament. See if anybody ever limited God. Matthew 13. Verse 57. King James Version. He says they were offended. They're talking about Jesus. He said they were offended in Him. Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. 
Why, why, why were they offended? Because Jesus came there. He was having a healing meeting. And they looked up and they said, Oh, wait a second. That's Jesus. That's, you know, that's Mary's boy. You know, he's got the brothers and sisters. He's a carpenter, isn't he? Why is he acting like big stuff? What's he, what's he doing acting so all high and mighty? And they were offended. And the power of God wanted to heal them all. It was wide open. And they stopped it up with unbelief. Isn't that what it says? Even in Mark, that's exactly what it calls it. In Mark uh, Mark 6, it says that it was... <laughs> actually, in verse 58 of Matthew, it says, And He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They limited the love of God through unbelief. In Mark 6, it says, And He marveled because of their... You know, I know that God's, that Jesus had to do... Me and Kim were talking about that. I said, isn't it interesting Jesus marveled at their unbelief? And she said, I know He's done that to me. <laughs> I said, I know He's done it to me too. And then had mercy on me, thank God. How many believe Jesus has marveled at your unbelief at one time or another? Glory to... Isn't it good that we serve a merciful God? Aren't you glad that you don't have to believe in these legalistic... Uh, <laughs> Rigid, hard gods that some of these people believe in. My God will take my worst mess up and forget it. And never bring it up again. He'll never come back to me and say, you know, I'd fix that for you. But do you remember when you did this? No, He's never done that to me and He's never going to. Amen? Because the God I serve is not that kind of God. He's a merciful, faithful God, full of grace, compassionate and kind. That's, that's how He judges. Those words are the words He uses to judge you. Kind, compassionate, merciful love. Right? That's, kind of, that's who I want judging me. Right? And they're like, if you went to the court and they said, now we got two judges. We got the hard, mean, ugly, legalistic judge over here, or we got the faithful, kind, compassionate, loving judge over here, and you're going to say, well, give me that hard, mean one. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> Let's try the hard, mean one today. No, pick door number two. Amen. That's our judge. Amen. That's how I like to be judged. Thank you, Lord. I've had a lot of chances, and I know that if I mess up, I'll get more. I'm not trying to mess up, but I'd get more. Amen. But they mar he marveled at their unbelief because the God wanted to show His goodness. God wanted to show His love. He wanted to heal people. It wasn't just that they were sick. He wanted to come and bring Himself to them again, heal their bodies, and be close to them. He wanted to do what love does. He wanted to fix. Love fixes things. Everybody know When love comes around, stuff's getting ready to get fixed. That's what it does. It can't not do it. There's your double negative for the night. It has to happen. That's what love does. When it comes on the scene... Healing is getting ready to happen. Fixing is getting ready to happen. Right? Wisdom is getting ready to come. Knowledge is getting ready to happen. Good things, peace, joy, everything is getting ready to turn. Why? Because love's here now. Amen? No longer are we getting judged by a law. No longer are we getting judged by what we ought to have. We're getting judged by love. Amen? And love takes the limits off God. You start operating in love, and the limits will be off your life. Amen? 
If you, if you felt like you're limited, you haven't been able to do this, you hadn't been able to do that, get your love walk going. Amen? Look it up. Say, Pray it over yourself every day. Dave is patient. Dave is kind. And then when you get out on the road, say, Get out of the way. What are you doing driving that way? Dave is patient. Dave is kind. I can't believe they did that. Dave is patient. Dave is kind. He bears all things, believes all things. Right? Glory to God. He's helping us, isn't he? God's so good. So good. Because we're not going to limit him by these things. We're going to believe in his love for us, in his love for others. And not only are we not going to be limited in what he does for us, but we won't be limited in what he does through us. That's the more important thing, guys. When you limit what he does for you, you limit what he does through you. Amen? And we don't want to limit God in what he does through us. Right? And so many people, they're, they're, we many times I am so so one-sided in my mind that I forget to look at the bigger picture. Amen? And it's not about Dave. It's not about me. Right? I remember Brother Moore was talking about living in a big, nice house, and, and God asked him, he said, well, could, would, you, would you live in one for me? It, right? If it, if it were a blessing to me for you to have it, and if it glorified me for you to have it, would you? And I thought, man, I never thought about it that way, but I would. Right? Because I thought, well, you know, I don't really need a big house. I don't need, you know. And that's how we think. You know, I don't really got to have it. Well, if God wants you to have it, then that would be a good reason to have it. If all it did was bless God for you to have it, would that be okay? I would think so. Because He wouldn't do anything that pointed at you. He would only do something that brought people to Him because that's His goal. That's his goal. He's trying to get close to people. He, he's trying to get them to receive Jesus. He's trying to get them to see love. He's trying to get their revelation of his love so strong that they, they just get everything that they believe. Why? Because they're only believing for the best. They're, they're unwilling to quit. They're unwilling not to have what God truly has for them because they know that it will take off the limits towards others. Amen? We've got to remember how good he is, though. You want to know how good he is? Harlot Rahab perished not. Why didn't she perish? Because she didn't perish, and this is Hebrews 11.31. It says, by faith, by belief, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. So he was so good that if the other people that lived in, in Jericho... Right? That's where they were. Would have believed with Rahab. They'd have been spared too. He was, he's not looking to destroy people. Believed not destroyed them. Amen? Had they believed, they could have been sitting there with Rahab and family. People say, well, yeah, but she was... I don't know what she was, but she was alive at the end of the day. Amen? That's what believed did for her. Glory to God. I'll take believed every time. Amen? Glory to God. God's good. He's looking to do good things. Amen? We get so legalistic with, well, you've got to ask just this way or you've got to believe just this way or, or maybe you're not holding your mouth right when you pray in tongues. I don't... <laughs> Stop it! Look, look at something here. Look, go look at... Uh, oof. Um... Matthew 9. Matthew 9 and 
27. King James Version again. When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed Him crying and saying, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. Easy to read version says, They said loudly, Show kindness to us, Son of David. Did you hear Him say, Help me see? No? They didn't have to. That's what kindness and mercy do. Right? They already knew who He was. They called Him Son of David. They weren't confused in who they were seeking. And they weren't confused in what they were seeking. And they weren't confused where that came from. Right? That's where you know the ways of Jesus. You're not just seeking healing. You're seeking His mercy. Because His mercy won't just heal you. It'll take away everything that got you sick. Amen? Right? It, it, you know, that so many people, they well, if I could just be healed, then I could serve God. If you could just seek His mercy and His love, you'd have more than you could ever ask for. You'd get healed. You'd get whole. You'd have knowledge beyond your control. Amen? Amen. You'd be believing things and having things. You, the, the, the limits that were on you will now get off of you, and God will begin to work through you and, and, and change people's lives. Glory to God. But, he, but they said... They said, loudly, show kindness to us, son of David. And when, when he was come to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto him, Believe you that I'm able to do this? And he didn't say, Believe you that I'm able to make you see. He said, Believe you that I'm able to do this. What? Have mercy on you. Right? That's what he asked. They asked for mercy. He said, Believe you that I'm able to do it. Many times I think that's what we need to believe when we ask. Because God's saying, do you believe I'm merciful? Do you believe I love you? Because if you'll believe that, this other stuff will have to go. It, it won't have a choice. Amen? And, and that's what, the, if you look at the word mercy, it, it's, it's, it's translated compassion. He says, have compassion. And what's the word compassion mean? Love. Love in action. Have compassion. Send your love towards me and through me and heal me. Amen? And, and when he said that, when, when, they said, when, when they said, believe you that I'm able, or Jesus said, believe you that I'm able to do this? And they said, yay, Lord. Oh, they called him Lord now. So now not only is he the son of David, now he's Lord. You know what? You've just done everything you can to put yourself smack dab up next to God. Amen? And he put himself so close to God, he got sight. They got sight. Amen? Their, their vision of God's mercy gave them vision. Amen. Glory to God. That's what they received. Amen? And then when they said, they said, Jesus, when they asked Jesus, did he say, did he say, uh, well now, have you been reading your chapter every day? <laughs> have mercy on me, Lord. Have you read your chapter today? Hmm? You got sin in your life? Hmm? Do you think, have you been thinking wrong? Has your mind been off where it ought not be? Jesus didn't ask them no questions at all. What did he do? He had, the only question he asked was, you think I can do this? No, and he didn't say to you then. He said, do you believe 
Let's not, let's not get the wrong word in there. He said, do you believe I can do this? Well, you know, and that's what I'm talking about in the Word of Faith churches. It's not time to say, well, I need to go. I've got to get a word from God because I'm believing for this and it's not happening. Well, keep believing. You've already got a word from God. You know, it's like when people are believing for healing, they say, well, I just need to know more about healing. No, you need to know more about the love of God. Right? It's, it's, it's not... If you believe 1 Peter 2.24, you believe more than enough to be healed. But you can't believe 1 Peter 2.24 lest you first believe the love of God. Because 1 Peter 2.24 was born out of that love. Amen? And it won't work without it. Why? Because it's a perfect picture of His love. It's not just by whose stripes you were healed. It's who bore your sins on a tree. Amen? And by whose stripes you were healed. Right? First the love of God and you're healed. Glory to God. That's the God we serve. That's the one, that's the one these men found that day. And what did Jesus say? He touched, he touched, um, then he touched, I can't read. Then touched he, that's why I can't read because King James talks backwards. It should say, then he touched their eyes. So that's what he did. Saying, according to your faith. Right? He didn't say according to what I can do. He said, according to your faith. According to what you just told me you believed about the mercy of God. Be it done unto you. Everything you believe about His mercy right now is going to happen to you. And immediately they receive their sight. Glory to God. Amen. Over and over again. Let's look at one more. Luke 17. Lepers. If you ever look at these, they'd already heard the Word. Right? One of them says they heard of His fame. One of them said the Word was spreading rapidly about Him. What? They heard. That's how you get faith. Right? They heard that Jesus was coming. They heard about what He was doing. And they believed that He was something more than Jesus. Why? Because every one of them acknowledged Him something more than the people in His own town did. Right. People in His own town, they said, oh, yeah, there's uh, Mary's son. Yeah, yeah, we know him. We've known him for years. Yeah, he's just Mary's son. Carpenter. Ah, he acts like he's some big stuff now, but he's just Jesus. You know, if he's just Jesus, you ain't, you ain't getting just anything. Amen? Amen? He ain't just Jesus. He is the love of God manifest in the flesh and the Word of God. Amen? Lepers heard of His fame. They heard He's coming. They're walking. They're walking. They see Him walking down the road, I guess. They lift up their voices. They said, Jesus, Master. Now, always notice they call Him something more than just Jesus. Master. Have mercy on us. And when He saw them, He said unto them, you guys must have really messed up to get that disease. Well, you've been in some big sin. We're going to need to have some serious counseling sessions. And after all that, maybe if I can get some true repentance, quite possibly I'll heal you. I'll fix your problems. Maybe. See, God never says that. 
right? People say, well, what if they don't ever truly repent? Well, <laughs> I don't know. The love of God will truly heal them. And it'll give them more chances to repent. I'm so glad God didn't give up on me like people gave up on me. Aren't you glad? Anybody else here glad that God's not a quitter? Because if God were a quitter, then the whole thing would have stopped back there with Moses when he said, hey, let's wipe them out, start over with you. <laughs> right? Because God was tired of them. He said, hey, forget them. We're going to wipe them out and start with you. Thank God Moses was having a good day that day. <laughs> right? And, and, they, and he said, hey, Let's try, let's try something different. But God's never given up on you. He's not going to quit. He's not going to get so tired of, your, of you messing up that, that, that you've gone beyond His grace. And see, the devil has lied and lied and lied to people that they've gone beyond the grace. They've, they've gotten outside the blood. You can't. You can't. It forgave sins that hadn't even happened yet. You can't get that far. There's not going to be a day where you can get beyond grace. You have to refuse grace not to receive it because it will go further than your sin can ever go. You can't do it. The blood of Jesus makes you clean. If you were clean yesterday, you mess up and you ask forgiveness, you're clean again. They say, well, what if they didn't truly repent? You don't know their heart. I don't care how close you are to them. Most people don't even know their own heart. They've got their heart and their head so confused because the devil's lied to them so much in their head that, I mean, look at, he tried to use the scriptures against Jesus. You reckon he's going to do it against you? Right? He, he tried to tempt Jesus with scripture. Well, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to say, well, but yeah, but look at this scripture. You've for sure done that. Well, no. If He tells you, you know it's a lie. Because God's not going to condemn you over it. So if it comes to you that way, it's a lie and believe just what it is, a lie. We should laugh every time the devil tells us something because he is a known liar. And that means that everything he just said wasn't true, so the truth still exists. Amen? And the truth is, you're the forgiven of the Lord. And by grace, you can have all the goodness of God now, no matter what you did. Amen? Thank you, Lord. And His mercy endures forever. He is not a quitter God, and He don't got no quitter kids. Well, I got the hillbilly going tonight. Thank you, Lord. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. What's he really saying? Do you believe I can do this? Same thing. Because if they didn't believe it, they'd said, What? What? Go show yourselves to the priest. Why? They didn't say that. They immediately went. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. Glory to God. Why? They asked for mercy. If you ask for mercy and believe what you ask for, you're going to have, you're going to have it. Right? People say, well, they didn't ask to be cleansed. Yes, they did. Right? 
When you call on the mercy of God, you're calling on so much more. Glory to God. So much more. I mean, half the time we should just be praying for mercy. And people say, yeah, yeah, because we just don't deserve anything. No, because His mercy's good. It's just good. It doesn't check to see what you deserve. Right? Right? When you ask for mercy, you know you're not going to get the checklist. That's what people have. They're the ones that have the checklist. Well, I didn't do this. Didn't haven't been going to Sunday school. Good land. I haven't prayed all day. Ah, forget mercy. What can we get now? You better not forget mercy. It's all you got left. <laughs> it's not all you got left. It's the best thing he has. It is the love of God. Amen. And, and He has it towards us. When these people asked for it, they got it. Amen. One person, one person recognized what He had received. And He came back. And Jesus said, you know what? Your belief is making you whole. Right? As Brother, Brother Copeland says, anything He was missing, He now has again. You know, because leprosy, it'll take your fingertips, it'll take the top, tip of your nose, it'll take parts off your body. This man got whole. Amen? Why? Because he didn't stop the love. These other nine limited God. What? They got clean. They were okay without their fingertips, I reckon. One wasn't. He said... I'm going to praise this man. And he got it all. Why? Because of the mercy of God. Why? Because the mercy of God will go further than you ask. Why? Because it's the mercy of God. Right? He never just stops at what you ask for. He always gives you more. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen? The kind of God we serve gave everything so that we could have... I'm missing a page. Did you guys see a page go away? Glory to God. We'll find it though. The mercy of God gave everything we could ever need for us through Jesus to bring us back into full fellowship with God. God was limited. He couldn't reach us. He couldn't get to us. He couldn't get to the creation that He loved. He loved Dave. And He said, i, I got to get back to Dave. I, I can't take being separated from Dave. And he said, how can I do that? I got Jesus. I got Jesus and I can bring Dave back into full fellowship. And he says he, says he did this. And he lavished his love on us richly so that he could save us by grace. Right? And so in the ages to come, he could show us the kindness of his mercy. Right? Where is that scripture? If I hadn't lost a page, I could tell you. It's in here somewhere. Where's that scripture at? Kindness of his mercy. Ephesians? Huh? Let's look it up. Ephesians 4 ish. 4 ish. Does that get us there? Where's, where's all my scriptoriums tonight? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How about if I just find my page? Two. Two. Let's go to, let's start in four, though. Ephesians 2, verse 4. 
God was limited. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. Keep going. Even when we were dead in sins, we were as far away from Him as we could get. We were His enemy. We were against Him. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Glory to God. Keep going. And hath, hath, not not going to, has already, right, raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seven. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. God was separated from someone He loved, and He said, I'm going to get back to them. Amen? I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to give them an avenue back to me through Jesus Christ so that I can be kind to them, so I can show them my grace, so I can have mercy on them. I'm going to give them every good thing they never thought they'd have and more, and, and I'm going to do it through Jesus Christ. Because I love them, I'm not going to forsake them. Even though they're dead and were as far away from me as they could get, I'm bringing them back through the blood of Jesus. I'm bringing them to me, and they're going to be mine, and I'm going to be kind to them. That's all. That's that's why He brought you back, is because He wanted to be kind to you. He just wanted to love on you. That's our God. He's not looking to beat you. He's not looking to teach you through beatings. He's not looking to be bad to you. He's looking to be good. All the time. And we limit Him by our unbelief of His goodness. That's, that's what the children of Israel didn't believe. They, just, they couldn't believe that He was that good. That he get, they, it, they couldn't stay on one steadfast heart and receive everything He had for them. And they limited Him. Right? He wanted to be good. They couldn't have His goodness. Right? Anybody in here ever limited God? I have. I've probably got limits on Him right now. I want to take them off. I want Him to be as good to me. What, what, what are you saying? I want everything He has for me to happen. Why? Because He wants it to. He, he wants to be kind to me. Why would I want to limit His kindness? Oh God, You've just been too good to me. Stop. I I can't take any more, God. Just Oh, stop being nice to me and kind. No, why does He want to do it? Because as He brings that kindness into you, He'll bring it through you to others. You are His hands. I am His feet. We are to the world Jesus Christ. Amen? And when we limit God, we show a limited God. Right? I saw a deal the other day that says, I guess the church is dead because, really dead because they're not raising the dead anymore. And I thought, first thing I thought is, our dead don't want to come back. <laughs> they're in heaven. <laughs> but they don't want to come back. But you know what? Jesus raised me from the dead. He quickened me together with Christ. He's raising the dead every day. Glory to God. And if He wants to raise the natural dead too, He can do it. Right. right? But people who are in hell are the only ones wanting to come back. Because right. once you go to heaven, you're just going to get somebody mad at you. Our God's good. 
and He's merciful and He's kind. And let's quit limiting Him to just a little bit of kindness. Quit limiting to Him to just your vision of what you need. Just enough for you and yours and your house and your kids. No, we want Him to be so kind to us. We want to, un- we want to take unlimit Him in every way that we can. We want to allow His love not only to work in us, but through us to help others. Amen? If we'll allow that, then we'll see the goodness of God in ways manifested in ways that, that we haven't seen but should be seeing. Brother Moore's been talking about miracles. How these miracles manifest themselves? These people ask for the mercy of God. Why? Because they knew the mercy of God was good. Right? It's not, you know, we've taken it and we, we get our little um, sayings. You know, and that's great. The mercy means I don't get what I deserve. Grace means I get what I don't deserve. Or is that backwards? Something like that. I don't have that saying because mercy's more than that. Mercy's the love of God in my life. And it means I can have everything that God wants me to have and without Him looking at me to find out whether I should have it or not. Messes with faith, people. I would go, well, but you got to believe. You got to have faith to believe that. That takes a lot more faith than believing in your faith. Why? Because you got a whole flesh body to deal with that don't believe a word you just said. Amen? The love of God desires to do more than it's ever done for us. And we can have everything that God desired for us to have originally. Amen? What, what do we have to do? Take off the limits. How do we take off the limits? We believe His Word. We believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. We believe that His Son, Jesus Christ, is the perfect image of His love for us. That He died so that He could bring us back to Him so that He could lavish upon us everything that He originally had intended for us to have and be before it began. Amen? Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord. Praise You, Lord. Glory to God. Thank You. Thank You. Thank You. You got a song, Matt?